You're listening to the International Continent Society podcast. ICS is the leading international multidisciplinary organization for medical professionals working in the field of incontinence. ICS provides the latest scientific and clinical updates to professionals in the field. Hello, Helena, and hello to everyone from ICS. This is Helena Frawley and Robin Brennan, and we will be discussing Roundtable 9 on cancer treatment and pelvic floor function. Helena, I know you've been involved in the organising committee, and I want to thank you and the rest of the committee for the fantastic work on getting this online forum running in place of the Melbourne Conference. How have you enjoyed the conference? I have enjoyed it immensely. There have been so many sessions of interest that I will need to go back and replay because there was such rich content. It really deserves a second listen. And any of the sessions I missed, it's great that I'll be able to review them online. Now, you attended the roundtable on cancer and pelvic floor function. Can you give us a summary of your highlights? Thank you, Helena, and thank you for your work chairing this session in particular. So Professor Lenane Westney started and she highlighted potential impacts of prostate cancer treatment, including reduced urethral length and pelvic floor muscle thickness, urethral stricture and pain, erectile dysfunction and urinary incontinence. She finished with a case study on persistent pelvic floor dysfunction post-cancer treatment in which over time the patient received a penile prosthesis, an artificial urinary sphincter, sacral neuromodulation, pelvic floor physiotherapy, and Botox to eventually achieve good bladder function. Then Professor Thomas Jobling discussed treatment for cervical, ovarian, and vulva cancer, especially the impact of surgical resection of nerves related to bladder and pelvic floor function and external beam radiation to pelvic organs. He identified reduced rates of these complications with improvements in treatment techniques, but also a concerning increase in rates of gynecological cancer associated with morbid obesity. And he highlighted the importance of a multidisciplinary management approach. Next, Professor Paul Hodges presented on pelvic floor therapies and prostate cancer. He presented ultrasound images that showed changes to urinary continence mechanisms and identified a need for high-level functional pelvic floor muscle training, especially of the striated urethral sphincter, vulvocavenosis and puborectalis muscles, to compensate for these changes. Paul also identified a need for research into possible pelvic floor lymphedema and atrophy. And lastly, Professor Melanie Morin presented an excellent update on prevalence and treatment of pelvic floor dysfunction in gynecological cancer survivors. She highlighted some very promising early results from small and non-controlled trials that support a need for well-designed, large, randomised controlled trials of pelvic floor physiotherapy for sexual function and urinary incontinence after gynecological cancer treatment. As you can see, this was a content-packed workshop that provided an excellent overview of how and why cancer treatments can impact on pelvic floor function in prostate and gynecological cancer and pelvic floor treatments that are available for cancer survivors. Thank you for that excellent summary, Robin. It was indeed content-packed. I'd like to thank all the speakers for sharing their expertise in this roundtable. This roundtable is now available for all delegates to view on demand, and we hope you all enjoy this and the rest of the online material. See you again. International Continent Society podcast. 
Find out more about the leading organisation in multidisciplinary continents research and education at ics.org.